Please pray with me. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we simply ask this morning that you would grow our understanding of prayer and its value in our lives, and that you would grow in our hearts gratitude and an awareness of what it is we have to be grateful for and thankful for in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, so prayer's been a big part of my life, not as big a part of my life as I wish it had. I think we can all maybe resonate with that at some point in our lives. Uh, but we're, as a congregation, we're, we're kind of leaning into two different things to start off the new year. The first thing is this word called. And every single person in this room, every single person on the face of the planet has a call on their life by the Lord. And we're all at very different places maybe of realizing what that call is or what that call looks like. For, for somebody that's never heard uh, the name of Jesus Christ, it would be hard for them to understand a calling to the scriptures or a calling to the Great Commission. Uh, for those of us that have, uh, we try to figure out what that calling specifically looks like in our lives as we grow and as we live life and as we have all these different responsibilities and vocation and, and things that we're balancing. But one thing is for sure, we are called. We are called as part of the body of Christ, as individuals, to live a certain way, uh, to lean into certain things that God has placed before us. We are called as Emmanuel Lutheran Church to engage in the Great Commission of knowing Jesus Christ and of making Jesus Christ known to all. And we are called as the church all across the world to be a church that is engaged in prayer, to be a church that is thankful, to be a church that has open eyes, not just to what we want to say to God in prayer, but what God wants to say to us as we discern and as we live our lives. So we have this word called, and we are called to pray. It is very simple. And I find that the prayers that we pray are more effective than the prayers that we don't pray. Somehow, in how God has designed this world and this universe, he has given our prayers an influence, or else we wouldn't need them, right? If you look back at Moses having a conversation with God about God maybe destroying the world again, he, he talks him out of it, doesn't he? Noah, Noah has that same thing. Abraham and Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. There's conversations. Our prayers do make a difference. And whether we understand it or not, I don't fully understand it. God has allowed for our prayers to have influence. You could talk to some of the most accomplished, tuned into the Lord uh, healers who travel the world um, doing prayer and healing services, and they will tell you that, guess what, maybe only 10% of the time do they see somebody healed in front of them in that moment. But they see a whole lot more people healed when they pray for healing than when they don't pray for healing. So the prayers that we pray are more effective than the prayers that we don't pray. Let that be a simple reality that we take with us this morning as we contemplate what prayer uh, means in our lives. So today we're talking about how we are called to pray, and we are called to pray in gratitude. We are called to pray with thanksgiving. And the definition of gratitude is this. It is the quality of being thankful and the readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. So gratitude is an awareness. Um, if our eyes are closed to every good thing in our lives, or if we get so consumed by the bad things or the negative things or the bitterness or whatever is happening, 
we're not practicing gratitude. Gratitude is an awareness of what we have to be thankful for. It's also a readiness and willingness to show and communicate that gratitude and appreciation. If you are thankful for somebody in your life, express that thankfulness. Tell them, show them. If you are thankful to the Lord for something, tell the Lord that you are thankful. Express that, show that. And there's a willingness to return the kindness that has been shown to you. So there's a lot of action wrapped up in this concept of gratitude. It's not just like a mental note. It's not a silent prayer. It's much, much more than that. If you are thankful for something and you never express that thankfulness, you miss the point. You haven't, you haven't really experienced gratitude. If you are grateful for something and that doesn't compel you to live differently, then that's not really the full expression of gratitude that we learn about in scriptures. So the scriptures uh, talk about this a lot. As, as you heard with the kiddos this morning, one simple verse shows up in no less than six places in the scriptures. And one of those is in First Chronicles and the rest are in Psalms. But there's, there's more variations of that. That was just the exact wording I looked up. There are many different variations in the scriptures of showing thanksgiving and gratitude. So one of our scriptures this morning that we're going to focus on here uh, in the message is from 1 Thessalonians 5. And I'm going to focus on the first three verses that we read, that we heard this morning. And if you want to follow along in your pew Bibles, that's page 1,841. Two of these are ready-made confirmation verses. They're very short. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let me read that again. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The book of 1 Thessalonians is one of these letters from Paul to other Christians in the early church. And if you know anything about Paul's life, you might scratch your head and how he can say something like this. For Paul to say this really is something else. Our eyes should be open. Uh, Paul was beaten multiple times, stoned, bitten by a snake after he was shipwrecked. He was shipwrecked more than once. He was imprisoned. The list goes on and on and on. Paul's life was very, very difficult. Yet here he is encouraging Christians to rejoice always, to pray continually, to give thanks in all circumstances, even when you have a snake bite, even when you've been shipwrecked, even when you feel hopeless. He is encouraging and leading Christians to rejoice always and pray continually. I think if Paul can handle it, we can listen up. Most of our lives haven't been that drastic. Some of ours have in different ways. So what does it mean to rejoice always? The first verse, verse 16. So the word rejoice, a little Greek word study, is kairo. It's, it's another word for cheerful, for joyful. It appears a few times in scriptures. And we always have a reason to rejoice in Jesus Christ, don't we? No matter what circumstances are facing us, we have a reason to rejoice. We may not always feel like we have a reason to rejoice. We might not always be in a really good place mentally. Sometimes our circumstances do steal our joy. 
But the reality is, and why it's so important to have the truth of God in your heart and in part of your life, is that when we don't feel like it, we can still recall the things that God has done for us and the promises that God has for us, and we can rejoice in those things. So we may not always feel like it, but if we are in Christ, we always have some foundational truths to rejoice in. One of those is our very salvation, right? Or the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives, how God has promised to never leave us and never forsake us. The very breath of life that we have, we didn't didn't make that happen. That is a gift from God. The very fact that we can sit here and have a conversation and think and have intellect and reason is something that we can rejoice in. That is a gift from God. And the list can go on and on. So rejoice always really means we always have a reason to rejoice no matter what our circumstances in life look like. doesn't make it easy, doesn't make it natural, but the reason is there, and I encourage you to pursue that when life is not what you thought it was going to be. The next verse, pray continually. This is one that I struggled with um, years ago when I was being discipled by a mentor who had been a Riverside counselor with me. Uh, pray continually. This Greek word is adialeptos, and I probably butchered it, uh, adialeptos, but it means uninterrupted and without omission. So your prayers should be uninterrupted and without omission. That's a pretty high calling, right? For how most of us grew up understanding prayer, that means that we probably should lock ourselves in a closet and never eat and never use the restroom uh, because our prayers have to be always on, right? Well, that's not obviously what Paul is talking about. Think of it this way. It is a life of prayer versus a life with prayer. Is prayer just a little thing that you do one time a day, two times a day? Or is your life being lived out of your prayers? Is your life being lived in communication with God through prayer? Not just speaking, but also listening. It's like slices of the pie. You don't want prayer to be one little slice of your pie. You want your whole pie to be bathed in prayer, right? You want the whole pie of your life. And that's the same thing with our lives as Christians. Jesus doesn't just want your leftovers. He doesn't doesn't want uh, one hour of your life a week or two hours of your life a day. He wants all of your life to be lived with him and in him. So that all of your comings and your goings and your thoughts and your deeds grow to be influenced by God's presence in your life. Christ doesn't want the leftovers, and he doesn't want our prayer to just be part of the leftovers. See, prayerfulness is almost like an attitude or a mentality that we take on and that we grow into being part of the body of Christ. See, because God is with us and hears us 24-7, right? That's one of those truths we can rejoice in. And because God wants to lead us and direct us and speak to us 24-7, there's not a moment that goes by of your life that God doesn't want to touch with his grace and love. And he's doing that whether we realize it or not. Our life should be continually bathed in prayer. If God is always hearing us and God is always wanting to speak to us and guide us and direct us, then our life should be continually bathed in prayer. Now, this is a process of learning and discerning. This isn't like we can just flip a switch and go home and this is our reality. This is part of the lifelong uh, mission of what it means to follow Jesus and become more like Christ. It's not an overnight reality. But if Jesus is worth pursuing, so is this. 
if Jesus is worth pursuing, um, this idea of continually being in prayer and always rejoicing is something that we can pursue and that it is worth pursuing. And then Paul says to give thanks in all circumstances. And why would he say that? It, when we are able to stop and give thanks, even in the storm, it centers us on the kingdom of God rather than the broken world that we live in. It reminds us of who is on the throne. It's very easy for us to take on our attitudes and our mentalities and our feelings from the broken world that we live in. And that's a reality that we all face. But giving thanks in all circumstances, even the really bad ones, even the ones that you're going through today that you feel like are never ending or just tearing a hole in your heart, giving thanks for what you know to be true about God and his love for you helps keep you centered in the kingdom of God and it helps give you hope to move past the pain that you're feeling today. Now, there, there is a pitfall if you take these verses a certain way. And, and this, uh, I, I mentioned I struggled this when I was younger in a discipling relationship that I had because I was taking it very literally and I was applying this verse, this encouragement from Paul, as a law to my life, right? I was encouraging it as a law. I was saying, okay, if Paul says rejoice always, I must rejoice always or I'm sinning and I failed. Or if I break prayer for some reason, or if I can't somehow manage to live this prayerful life, then I'm not really following Jesus. And we all, occasionally, we take on things that aren't intended to be law, and we apply them to our lives as law. And that is not what Paul is intending here. Paul isn't laying down rules to follow. He isn't laying down a law to live by. And there's many other places where he warns against living that way. Uh, Paul would say that you are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, not by your works, so that no one can boast. So we're not going to read these as a rule. They're important. But it is a promised growth that comes about through our life in Christ. And uh, this phrase, the language of Christian behavior, this is a, this is a phrase that scholar N.T. Wright uses when he's explaining what this passage means. This, this rejoicing always, this prayerful, this continued prayerfulness in all areas of our life is almost like a language that we learn to live by, that we learn to speak. It's not a law to be followed. So if you go home today and this isn't reflective of your life perfectly, it just means we all have areas to grow, right? So it's, again, it's not an overnight reality, but it's a promised growth of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Our prayers and our gratitude as we grow in Jesus, are meant to become more numerous and deeper and more apparent to the world around us. Stop for a second and think of somebody in your life, maybe a family member, maybe a friend, who always seemed to be thankful no matter what flew at them. Hopefully we can all think of somebody. Living a life of gratitude is essential for a Christian, and God wants us all to grow in this area. My desire for our church here at Emmanuel is that gratitude and thanksgiving uh, would become, well, first I wrote second nature, um, but I think it should be our first nature as the body of Christ, right? It's not just something that, uh, that should be secondary to our humanity or secondary to our corporate worship. It is something that should be in our first nature. 
And this, this slide is something, this is me speaking from my heart a little bit. This isn't, um, this isn't like the word of God or something like that. This is me, me sharing my, my desires in my heart. So if, if prayer and gratitude could become like a first nature for Emmanuel, I think it would be incredible if people could come to worship here on a Sunday morning knowing that whatever burdens they were carrying could be prayed for in person by somebody else. That they had this expectation that loving followers of Jesus would pray for them and, and help carry those burdens with them. Many of you experience that here on a Sunday morning. Many of you don't. I think we can grow in that area. I would love to see people praying for each other in the hallways or in the classrooms or in the sanctuary before and after worship. Expressing this gratitude that we have to live in as well. Ultimately, I want to see our lives changed through prayer and through gratitude, through taking on this call that God has given us as the body of Christ. Through the realization that God has provided everything, everything that is needed for everlasting life. And that God has blessed us with a mission to carry out as part of his body. My heart for this church is that we'd grow and that that would become more of a reality. Prayer isn't just something we do privately at home and it's not just something we do in a corporate worship service, but it becomes our first nature as we do this life together, as we build relationships together as the body of Christ. And let's not just leave that here at church, right? Let's make our homes places that are prayed in too. Uh, If you remember Mike Bradley, he came last fall, one of our guest speakers, And he said when he walked in this sanctuary, he got just an overwhelming sense that this is a church that has been prayed in. I'd like that to grow, but I would like people to walk into our homes, whether they can put words to it or not, experience the peace of God because our homes are homes that have been prayed in. And our workplaces are places that are prayed in, obviously maybe in some different ways, and our schools too. Let's become people of prayer, trusting that God hears us and loves us and wants to answer our prayers. So today we're going to do a simple little exercise. This is a way for you to respond immediately uh, to what we're talking about, to practicing gratitude. And you'll notice in the pews, along the edges of all the pews, there should be some little stacks of leaves. And these are sticky notes. And there's different colors, but they look roughly like this. So if you're sitting on the ends of the pews or can reach the ends of the pews, there should be some of these. And I would like everybody in here to have uh, at least one, but preferably two sticky notes, as long as there's enough in your pew. And you can kind of pass them around. And I also set out some extra pens and pencils, but you might have to share. That's okay. We can share, right? Yeah? Okay, good. So in the pews are these leaf-shaped sticky notes. And I want everybody to grab a pen or a pencil or to take turns with a pen or a pencil. And on those two sticky notes, write two very simple things that you want to express gratitude for. Two things that you are thankful for. One thing per sticky note. It can be a short phrase or a word. Don't write a big, long sentence. This isn't the time for eloquent words. This is a time for simple thankfulness. And I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to do that. Does that make sense to everybody? One sticky note per thing that you're thankful for. Everybody can do two things that they're thankful for. I even remembered the choir. And I gave you some sticky notes as well. Like I mentioned earlier, if, if you're in a season of your life where you're not feeling the gratitude, 
remember some things that you know to be true about God. Or maybe even just remember some simple provisions that you have in your life. So when you're done doing this, pass them to the edges of the pews and just leave them in the pews. You don't have to hand them to an usher or anything. I'm going to come through and I'm going to pick them up later. And you can leave all the extras there too if you want. So out of this simple exercise, here's what my hope is. My hope is I'll have time in the next few days to take all of these leaves and out in the narthex put them all together. And so that when we can walk in next Sunday uh, as a congregation to worship, you won't just get to see what you're thankful for, but you'll get to see what 200 people are thankful for. And I want that to be an encouragement to us, this very simple way of just, just responding and writing down, putting something down that we are thankful for. I guess I could have had the instructions up there too. But this is part, part of what it means to follow Jesus. This is part of what it means to be the body of Christ. We want to like practice our thanksgiving. We want to practice our gratitude so that we can grow. It might not come first nature to you. It might not come second nature to you. But if we are to live into the calling that God has for us as the body of Christ, this is one of those areas we want to start with and we want to grow with. Prayers of thanksgiving and prayers of gratitude. All right, let's close in prayer this morning. Our Father in heaven, we have so much to be thankful for. And the, the list that comes to our mind is so small compared to the reality that you have for us. Lord, we desire to become people of prayer. We desire to become people that are thankful, that express gratitude. And Lord, we don't want to be missing out on something that you have for us. We don't want to be missing out on part of the abundant life that you have for us as individuals and in the body of Christ. So our simple prayer this morning is, Lord, lead us so that we don't miss out. Let us experience a reality of what it means to be the body of Christ in the areas of prayer and thanksgiving and gratitude. Help us to take steps in that direction. Help us to practice what it is that we know you call us to be as the body of Christ. May our prayers in our homes include prayers of thanksgiving. May we express the gratitude that we have for you in all areas of our lives. May we learn to pray continually, to take on a mentality and an awareness in every moment of our waking life so that we can engage uh, with this world, we can engage with your love for us, so we can grow to become people of prayer. Father, we thank you and we, uh, we say this is by your grace that this can happen, not by our efforts. And we thank you for leading us through your Holy Spirit into more and more love and grace that we find in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.